Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we're discussing the comic. No, we're not. Hey everybody, let me rewind. <laughs> we're discussing the video games of 1995. That how my brain just apparently just left the room for a while and says, "Sorry, I had to pee." Um, I'm Michael. That's John, the embarrassed one of my behavior. <laughs> uh, what am I ever gonna do with this show? <laughs> someone, someone said that we're the only podcast they've ever listened to that comments on the commentary. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just like the. I, I I've never liked the highly processed feel of some podcasts. I don't have the money for it or the time anyway. But I kind of like the raw, like almost like do-it-yourself punk version of podcasting, where it's just like whatever flies. You know what? You know where it's fair game. There's some fun to it, yeah. Just, just kind of uh, willy, being willy-nilly, and whatever I say. I will live to regret, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. No, there, every I once in a while, every once in a while, I will edit something out. I have gone a little overboard a few times and stuff like that, or or just you know flummox some nonsense and had to start over an episode or something like that. Um, all right, so this episode is going to be a little bit different because the video game world is expanding uh, exponentially during this time period. So I am taking some of the segments. Instead of putting it all on John's shoulders. And it's funny, as we go along, it is going to switch a little bit because a couple of the legacy, um, uh, uh, what do I call it, consoles are going to fade away. Or they just start up and fail instantly and then I take over for like the newer consoles. What's kind of funny too is you probably have... Uh, for uh, like the assignment that I have, you probably actually have a little bit more notes on because... This year is not that good for some of these legacy consoles. Yeah. Not that there are, not that there are amazing games, a couple of amazing games that came out and worth noting, but shit, I was going down the list for some of these ones. Well, do you and notice like, that it was much like the comics segment we did for this year? Everything's going through a big transition. You know, they're having the big fallout from, uh, you know, the speculation market in comic books, so there's a lot of companies falling apart, and, uh, you know, Marvel's on the bank, uh, verge of bankruptcy, and stuff like that, and then just you know, creatively bankrupt, and then that's what you have going on with video games. Is you have a lot of guys that are just, uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of like the way it is now with the whole Kickstarter consoles. It's been for like the last five or six years, just like everybody's throwing their hat in the ring, but they're not going to last very long. Yeah, it's like ninety-five. It's not that there weren't games that came out in ninety-five, but it's like, do I really want to talk about ah, real monsters? Yeah, <laughs> or bass fishing, or uh, I mean, there's. They got, you know, like the endless stream of, of uh, Madden games and whatnot. You know, right. yeah, it's like, there are games. Heck, I even had one game that I was I was going to talk about. It's mostly just because of nostalgia for me, because it wasn't really well received, but it was fine. I, I dropped it, but yeah. Breath of Fire 2 is fun. Well, and, and for me, just like comic books, I feel like 93, 95-ish is the down period for me. I wasn't... I was really getting hardcore into comics and stuff like that and, you know, getting ready for college and other things. You know, I started working, so I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on in either world. It would be in college where I would rediscover both. Yeah, that's and that's what happened with me, too, is I, you know, when we get to the comics for 96, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I've only, like, in the last few years, and or some post, post-college, but stuff that I didn't read at the time. Yeah. Alright, so let's get us started with the legacy type, uh, consoles. Okay. We'll start off, there were a few little businessy type things that happened. Uh, there were a couple of new companies that formed. Uh, Remedy, the people who made the first two Max Payne games. Okay, Alan I was like, Blake, who is that? <laughs> and uh, more seriously, Control, they got formed. Uh, and also Bioware, one okay. of my favorites. Guys who did Baldur's Gate, uh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. The Dragon Age and Mass Effect franchises. Both of those two companies ended up forming this year. There was another one, but they literally made bullshit games that no one no one knows or cares about. So, <laughs> uh, Also, the first uh, E3, the Electronics Entertainment Expo, was held. Basically, video games were at trade shows like CES, but they were kind of like thrown off to the side with like the porn vendors and stuff. And so a lot of these uh, people kind of were getting a little pissed off and just kind of being thrown, you know, just like thrown a bone. <laughs> Porn. <laughs> and uh, they, they decide, you know what? We're tired of this. Let's actually 
the business is booming. We're actually a force. We should have our own trade show. So they started E3, and they weren't really certain how sure it was going to be, but it blew up. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's like it's been a mainstay of video game uh, of video game news for years up until you know COVID kind of killed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think this year they're not even doing it because they just didn't get enough yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. It's been canceled. Everyone's got their own, you know. Everyone, everyone has their own directs now. It's there's no point in E3, and it's kind of a shame because there was some interesting stuff. You should listeners look up old E3s like uh, the Wii Music debacle, or uh, I mean, there's there's some fucking moments that you just sit there and go, you. you Mad, you know, like Mad TV, Saturday Night Live couldn't do this stuff. They wouldn't dream of doing something as stupid as this. <laughs> and yet, these people are sitting out there doing it. I can see uh, the same thing happening to Comic Con. It's become a bloated beast that's just out of control. And I can see Marvel and uh, Warner Brothers having their own separate conventions, like the way that Disney does with like Star Wars Day and stuff. Yeah, well, it's. You know, Comic Con's now all about movies. Yeah. Of well, that's gonna back off too. I think the whole thing is just gonna change. I I would guess right now that you know maybe five years from now, Comic Con will not look like the way it does now. The big corporations are gonna take it out because they know they can make more money just setting up their own events. And then it's yeah. just gonna go back to being about comic books. <laughs> hey, I got I've, I went to uh, Comic Con uh, twice. Once in really the last year, you could actually stand in line and get in like seriously after that pretty much every single time you wanted to go you had to have book your tickets like the day that you already bought tickets for the uh that year's show okay what what uh what year was the last year you went that was in 20 2005 maybe okay right before the big blow up from all the like all the companies were starting to take their movies there yeah, I also got heat stroke oh. in that line. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got to see some stuff. I got uh, the last grab. Yeah, I'll say it was whatever year that the last trade for Strangers in Paradise came out. It's uh-huh. that year. Okay, I, like picked it up there and got it signed by Terry Moore. The cool. uh, when I was working for this retail company, uh, they told me if since I was working in the electronics section that I would go down to the electronics convention. Um, that's what my boss was telling me what it was, but then the manager of the store was like, convention? No, it's a product knowledge. And I was like, what's that? And no one really told me, and I got down there like, oh man, it's gonna be like a little miniature E3. I'm gonna see all these video games and new to, oh, it's just low-rent garbage that our store could afford. They got wholesale from, okay. It was so bad. You know those little knockoff handheld kind of things you would see where they had 250 games, but they're all like, at best old uh, phone games or something like that. That's the kind of console stuff we would get. And I was like, fuck! (laughs) It was so low rent that Mill Creek Entertainment stopped showing up. Uh, Well, my last little bit of businessy stuff is GameFAQs debuts on the internet. I don't know what that is. Uh, It's this text-based online strategy guide source. Basically, people would write their own strategy guides and then post them on on there. Uh Uh-huh. And I didn't realize this is how early that site came up because I became aware of it in the early 2000s. And it was really good. Like, you could actually get some very detailed, well-plotted out, you know, strategy guides for all kinds of games. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's text only, so there's no pictures, so they're not showing you, like, you know, you're not getting graphics of, oh, yeah, yeah, but people would actually make text maps of stuff if you're like playing an RPG. It's like, here's a basic layout of here, you want to find your secret item, and they, you know, set it up there. It's like, you know, the time and dedication some of these people did was remarkable. I think, I believe the site's still up too. Huh, that's amazing in this day and age where that stuff just kind of dies real fast. Yeah, well it's like, I believe some of the people there ended up like going to IGN, you know, and being, being part of their staff too. So, it's if it's if it is generally still around, game FAQs, you know, take a look. It's it was really cool at the, in the day. Now, 
PC gaming. There was a lot of good stuff that came out for the PC. I was genuinely surprised uh, because I I played most of them and kind of forgot that this is when they hit uh, Star Wars Dark Forces. I remember that one. Yeah, I, this just seems to be when consoles were kind of fading away and PCs were red fucking hot and they were like dominating the sales. God, they're honestly, with the exception of one one game that I'm going to talk about for the consoles, basically all the PC games I'm talking about are the best, you know, some of the best stuff that came out. And I even dropped some things from this list because it could have just been me talking about PC games like Fantastic. Uh, Phantasmagoria and stuff like that. Oh too. God, I remember that. Yeah, my best friend was hardcore on PC games. Did we already discuss Full Throttle? We did not. That did come out this year. Okay. I dropped it only because it. There's a better Lucas Arts game that came out that same year. Yeah, I just and, remember loving Full Throttle so much. But, uh, but go yeah. ahead. But uh, so, uh, Dark Forces. It's a first-person shooter-style Star Wars game. It's actually set before the original trilogy, and you're a mercenary working for the rebels, who are uh, you uncover the Empire's dark trooper project, and you gotta stop it. And yes, it's a Doom clone, but it's one of the best Doom clones. Yeah, you have you know, far wider range of vision because you actually could look up and down and stuff. They actually gave you that range of movement, and the uh, levels themselves were actually built with multiple floors. So you had a lot more uh, level range of movement and actually strategy, and you know, hell, they even had like better texturing and you know fog effects and stuff. So you actually had you know, had an environment that you were actually having to use to your advantage in one of the you know first times in in first person shooter history. It's a it's a hell of a game. It still is. It, it kind of looks a little goofy now, but yeah, I was gonna say a lot of the first-person shooters from back then have to be remastered. They look terrible. Yeah, but it's still a really well. What, a better-looking first-person uh, game was Descent. Oh um, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, it was this flight sim where you're you, know, you had to clear out all these binds uh, from this computer virus that's infecting all these worker robots and stuff. Is that also a PlayStation and, game? It was okay. you know, a full 3D environment, and you had just about a full 360 range of movement. And there's a, there were some limitations to it, but at the time, you pretty much had full 360 movement in these environments. You're flying around in effectively zero gravity, going up, down, you know, every direction you can imagine, trying to find these things. And, again, I'll go quote-unquote Doom clone, because all first-person shooters at the time were effectively Doom clones. But considering that you're flying a ship through these environments looking for your, your color-coded, you know, you know, key cards to get you in these things and all that stuff, but this game, uh, not, not the first, because Doom 2 had this, but it had multiplayer modes. But one of the things that was really cool about it was there were co-op modes, along with just deathmatch and all that kind of stuff. So it's and so Descent. I was really happy that I had a PC that could actually run Descent because that thing was a fucking juggernaut of a game. Yeah, I could not. We rented it from the video store and I could not get it to play for anything. And then I got to play like I don't know a year later, maybe or, or less, with uh, the PlayStation. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Is they there was a decent enough port of it, but oh god, I'm gonna I hate this so much because the people who defend who say this stuff are douchebags. But it is a game that is basically it is a PC game, and it should be that because running on on a high end one, that's it's gonna be the optimized version of it. Oh okay, but. God, that makes you feel dirty because <laughs> quote unquote PC master race fuckers. <laughs> God, I God, I hate them so much. I've never even heard that before, but that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, that's the thing. There's there's a lot of people uh, who will defend PC gaming as being the ultimate expression of all video gaming. Once you know, period, hmm. and how how you must only play games on PC. Oh, like people who say you have to watch movies in 4K. I'm like, I don't want to buy a 4K player. Leave me alone. 
Yeah, uh, but okay, uh, moving on. Command & Conquer. The first game in the long-running uh, RTS series, uh, it's set in this alternate world where there's two factions fighting over this uh, substance called Tiberium. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's a really good uh, real-time strategy. It's not my favorite because I'm not as big a fan of, of military-style ones. Yeah. But this is the series that gave us... Uh, the spin-off ser- uh, series Red Alert. Which was uh, I was obsessed with, completely and utterly obsessed with. Yeah, and the third one especially is the one that has Tim Curry. Uh, <laughs> spies! And, yeah, spies! Uh, we're not even doing it justice. Look up Tim Curry Red, Red Faction 3 and just watch him not only chew the scenery, chew, the sea, chew everything around him, the chair that he's on, everything it's (laughs) it's not his best performance even even in the most you know oddball over the top that he can be but it's so fucking fun to watch what do you think is it most over the top i think i think it might be um uh uh, congo yeah yeah definitely congo although in his most entertainingly bad uh, what is it? Down Periscope, I think. It no, is, it's Mikhail's Navy. That was my second choice for most outrageous performance from him. Yeah, yeah. where he's the second best uh, terrorist in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Warcraft Two came out, which okay. I I wrote this on my notes for a later game, but you know what? I'll bring it up here. We've I think I've said this a lot. Where how do you make a sequel? to a game that is basically already a classic. How does how do people really one-up themselves? Or at least try to stay on the same level. And like Doom 2, like uh, one of the games we'll talk about a little bit later, this t- takes everything that was really good about the first one and improves it. Yeah, it's, um, well, it's hard to reinterpret... How do I say it? Like, reconfigure how you do a sequel... Like, people were fucking furious about Legend of Zelda 2 because it was a side-scroller and it changed the whole format and it pissed people off. It's hard to be innovative and make uh, advances on a franchise to make it better without alienating the original fans. Yeah, and, and that's always that's always the the thing that everyone ever, you know, every game sequel features is we want to make sure that we can grow as a as a brand but we don't want to alien, necessarily alienate anyone. Right. Well, it's the same way with movies, too, though. True, true. With anything. Yeah. Uh, and one thing that... <laughs> New Coke. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one thing that, uh, that Blizzard did was uh, they implemented a thing called the Fog of War. And it basically, all you can see on your map is areas that you've explored. So... You can, you know, you have to go out and and find things. You have to find your resources. You might, ooh, accidentally come across your uh, opponents. Uh oh! Now you now you've got uh, a little villager who's now stuck in a fight with some soldiers. Oh shit! What are you going to do? It's it brought this entire level of, you know, especially when you're playing multiplayer. You don't know where your opponent is on the field. You don't know how far. They could literally be right next door to you, and you would never know until someone, you know, someone in a different, uh, well, I say in a different color uniform, but you're playing humans versus orcs, so you're playing an orc. All of a sudden, some human shows up. Oh, shit, I've got competition now. My God, Warcraft 2 is... I, I, I know people love to lionize 3, but... Two, two is really where that series kind of peaked. Even hmm. with War, World of Warcraft being the juggernaut game that it became later, later on down the line, two I think is is everything Blizzard did firing on all cylinders perfectly. Yeah, I've never played any of them, so I have no comparison to like uh, each entry. I've seen the movie, yeah. and I didn't get the movie at all. So, <laughs> uh, and finally for PC, uh, The Dig. Oh God, I remember that. One. That's a Lucasfilm, right? Yeah, okay. this is why I I kind of dropped uh, full throttle for this. Main, you know, partially because I own this over full throttle. I played full throttle years later, uh, but yeah, this is a serious 
puzzle game from LucasArts. Now, it was originally conceived by Spielberg as an episode of Amazing Stories, and then a movie. But the project itself would have been way too ambitious to do at the time. Yeah. I would personally, I would love to see them tackle this now. Technology has right. Well, they keep bringing it up every few years, like it's in development. Yeah, it's not not, not even just like it's caught up to do it. You you can easily do this film. Uh, a you know a student with their iPhone could make this film now. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, with with what they needed to do, but. Basically, a uh, crew, you know, this ended up getting shelved until you know years years down the line, in which a crew of scientists land on this asteroid that had been hurtling towards Earth and then just kind of stopped, and they discover that's actually a transport to another world, and once they get there, they're now trapped and they have to find a way, find how they can actually get back to Earth. And there's a lot of stuff with uh, resurrection, like weird resurrection juice and stuff. And it's, you know, this was a success, but it was also really fucking expensive to make. I mean, you had, you had like uh, Robert Patrick as one of the voices. I forget, I forget the other actors, but Robert Patrick was the person they really touted as, we have Hollywood actors. Yeah, well, I think... One was Wing Commander three when they had all that motion, you know, uh, uh, you know, like that film motion. Where they had like like Mark Hamill and uh, that was Malcolm that Dallas. was in, that was like a ninety four, I think. Okay, so they've already basically made like okay, this is how it's gonna be. That was like uh, the Shrek of that world because after Shrek, all of a sudden every movie had to have celebrities. It was yeah, like that well, with video games; they had to start ha- having celebrity voices to give it some sort of like critical uh, credibility. I mean. We also had Mark Hamill is also in the like, Gabriel Knight games, which I I feel bad because that I was going to bring up one of the Gabriel Knight games in this year, but it was the second one. Hmm. So it was like I forgot about the first game. I don't even know those games. I've never even heard of it. Uh, Supernatural mysteries. Okay, uh, they're they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. Uh, but this is the problem. Is this thing was so expensive? It was basically thought of as a commercial failure. Yeah. Well, I feel like LucasArts got nervous after this, too, and they started focusing more on, you know, the Star Wars brand. Yeah, yeah. And only and, the Star Wars brand. And it's like, young, young John did own this, and this game is pretty fucking hard. It's, it's not missed level difficult, but it's close enough that uh, I did manage to get to a point of the game and I couldn't uh, get any further and it took me forever to, you know, it's like, it took Wikipedia, honestly, for me to actually learn what happens at the end of this game. I've never actually beaten it, but I genuinely support if they, if someone actually genuinely wants to make this into a movie, I genuinely support it. I think it would be a great movie. So, next up is Sega. Sega! Saturn! Oh, Sega, Sega, Sega. Now, okay, Sega's offerings are a bit sparse because they were, you know, well, Sega fucked up the Saturn launch. Yeah, well, 95 is flat out the year where everything just went fucking wrong. Yeah, well, no, they they fucked this up. Uh, Remember how I mentioned E3? Yeah. One of the things that was mentioned uh, during uh, Sega's little press conference during it was the release uh, price and uh, date that they were going to release the Saturn, which was the day that they were announcing it. So, you know, how exciting. They were going to, you know, they were getting the drop on Sony and they're going to have their system in the stores first. Except no one bothered to actually tell the retailers that. So some oh, places what? got Saturn, some places didn't. Uh, you know, retailers were very obviously taken by surprise because all of a sudden they had a box of stuff that, you know, some, you know, like, say like New York, all of a sudden some asshole in L.A. is telling you, oh, by the way, this is for sale now. We didn't, just didn't bother to uh, tell you anything about this, so 
Congratulations. Yeah, there's no marketing buildup. It's just going to sit on the shelves and no one knows what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. And retailers like uh, Best Buy, Walmart, and KB Toys, just at that point, because they were blindsided by everything, just dropped Sega completely. Wow. Yeah. And this also gave Sony the edge because uh, they were able to not just flat out kill the competition by announcing the PlayStation a hundred bucks cheaper because it was a uh, Saturn was like $400 and like, I believe the press conference for the PlayStation, the guy just comes out and says, you know, two ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's like, well, and also there are mostly shitty games that came out for the Saturn at that point. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of developers had left them, and same thing for Nintendo. You know, they're both going through a rough period because developers are leaving to go over to PlayStation because it was cheaper and easier to get into, and the only games I ever remember playing on the Saturn was, um, was it Dragoon Knights or, or something? Oh, Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, which, and then there was, was Knights, correct? That was the other one? Well, there was clock. Well, yeah, there was Knights, which came out in '96. Okay, uh, that's one I I can't wait to talk about because I that one I have good memories of. Uh, I I never owned this console. Yeah. I didn't know anyone who owned this. Literally, the only Saturn stuff I've played is either from retrospect collections or in-store demo units. Yeah, well, my roommate, my last year of college, had one, and we played Scud the uh, the Scud the Disposable Assassin, which. If you play the PC version, is nothing like the Saturn version. The PC version sucks dick. The Saturn version's fucking awesome. But good luck finding that released again. <laughs> but uh, but basically, like for the for the releases, you had Virtual Fighter, which okay, that's that that was a decent that's a decent uh, port. Uh, Clockwork Knight, which was really just apparently too short of a game. Uh, Rayman, which you know. It, the first game was fine. You know, it showed up on a bunch of other stuff. It became yeah. a better franchise later on. Gex, which was also on the 3DO and was a mascot platformer. We are wisecracking Gecko. It's basically well known for the third game where he's basically, it's implied that he's fucking a chick. <laughs> I only know it was uh, voiced by Dana Gould, who's my favorite comedian, so. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Panzer Dragoon, which is really the highlight really yeah the highlight of the entire console uh where you know this uh it's a on-rail shooter where you're flying this dragon in a post-apocalyptic future and it it spawns sequels but no one really knows this franchise which is kind of a shame even it's like it's a hardcore you know cold classic game and it's really fucking good there's a remake currently out on on current consoles and it's okay but uh for playstation gen uh, playstation for uh sega in general uh fantasy star 4 came out which it's mostly notable for a couple of things uh it's kind of it's an okay game it's mechanically basically similar to all the other other games in the franchise but it did something that was kind of cool, which was the cutscenes for it were kind of presented in this manga-esque style. So you actually kind of had uh, motion in these, in you know, while you're doing these cutscenes. So instead of just seeing static images of people talking or, you know, it's like your sprites on the screen, you know, maybe walking back and forth as they talk, you're getting panels that pop up. Oh, is it like those animated comics that got popular like 10 years later? Kind of, yeah. So you kind of had this, you know, like you had the illusion of movement because you're now being presented with, you know, someone says something and there's a, you know, a reaction shot and then, you know, something else happens. And it's kind of, there's a cool presentation, actually. And the only other thing that was really of well, other things really of note was the game was damn near a hundred dollars. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, the box art was actually, U.S. box art anyway, was done by uh, Boris Vallejo. Nice. Yeah. So if you don't know, he did a lot of the Conan uh, artwork, Tarzan artwork. Uh, his, he did the artwork for like, the first two National Lampoon films. Uh, he does a lot of 
very is like he's Frank. He's basically like like Frank Francetta sort of style artwork. Right, so right, yeah. High, high fantasy, kind of slightly erotic. Roger artwork. Corman used him a lot. He would buy art from him that had nothing to do with the movie, <laughs> but it was eye catching as hell, and it helped sell copies of it on VHS. Yeah, it's he's he's a very distinct style in that sort of that sort of fantasy artwork and it's, it's really cool artwork it really is uh, and basically it i don't feel i felt cheated at the time but shit it's 100 bucks i get why i never had a copy of this playing it years later i don't feel that cheated but uh, it, there's a good reason why this series needed a shot in the arm and you know, it became rebooted. The Fantasy Star franchise got rebooted in the 2000s as a MMO series. And like a lot of things that Sega did, it was ahead of its time. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, Rice Star. Have you ever heard about this one? Um, that sounds like a game from the 80s. Am I wrong? You're thinking, you're probably a Sinistar. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, Rice Star. He's a little little star-looking character. It's it was it's actually a really good mascot shooter. It's supposed to be like the game that was going to uh, to take over for Sonic because you know Sonic's dead. We've we've done Sonic and Knuckles. We've right, right. kind of ran everything we could do into the ground. Let's let's do a new one. It wasn't done by the Sonic team, even though it's lumped in with a lot of uh, like Sonic style games. And oh, like the collections. Okay. Yeah, and it kind of looks like it. It has very much that color and feel to it, but it wasn't done by them. It is really good, but it because of the Saturn launch and all that stuff, it just kind of got buried and kind of forgotten, which is a shame. Because okay, it it steals from Earthworm Jim, it steals from Dynamite Heady, it steals from Sonic, uh, but it does it all really well. It's a it's a nice, really good, fun game, and I, I feel bad that it just never got the recognition it deserved at the time. What did get recognition at the time, though, was Vector Man. Oh my God, this is another one of those we were so totally obsessed with. Like like Comic Zone, I feel like we played it a bunch, but never got very far. No, because the game fucking blows. Okay, let, let's. I will tone that back. Uh, its style game, is awesome looking, though, but yeah. uh, now that I've gotten older and i got motion sickness problems, the game makes me nauseous. Well, that's the thing. is This game it was going to be Sega's answer to Donkey Kong Country, and uh, they got this group called Blue Sky Software they had, who had made like the Jurassic Park game for them a few years earlier, and they delivered something. Uh, technically speaking, this is phenomenal. Like, the game runs at 60 frames per second, which is insane, especially for that time. Mm-hmm. The Vector Man character was made up of 23 individual sprites instead of just one, and they were all programmed to move in unison. The soundtrack's actually pretty damn good, but uh, the game isn't fun. Yeah, it's torturous. Just trying to get beyond, like, level two was to hell on earth. Yeah, it, it's it's a neat game to look at. It's a neat game to try out once. But, yeah, they made a sequel to it, and this thing did well. Like, people saw saw this thing was... I think everyone wanted it because it just looked so damn cool. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Genesis was really, like, hitting it on the head with, like, style and technology with the Genesis. <laughs> but not so much anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Comic Zone, which also came out this year, and it's the last one for Sega. Basically, an artist gets trapped inside his own comic book, has to find a way out. It's it's a hell of a concept, and the idea that you're like jumping around or tearing through the comic panels themselves, it's like you're you're a John Byrne era She Hulk. Yeah, you know everything about this that that stuff is really cool. The problem is the game is stupidly difficult. Oh my god, it's so fucking irritating. Yeah, and the controls suck. Yeah, like, every time I play both of those games, I think, like, nostalgia starts, like, you know, getting me drunk, and then I realize, like, ten minutes later, it's like, oh, this is not what I wanted at all. Yeah. Now, it's like, I remember getting further in this when it came out, but as a grown adult, I I can't get through the first stage. Yeah. I am... Well, I'm that way with Earthworm Jim, too. The games are so hard now. Yeah, it's like, I, I lost those skills. Uh, 
And now moving on to Nintendo, you know, like Sega, not there's not a whole lot really worth mentioning, but there was Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, which we managed to actually make a game that's as good as its original. Uh, they made it more difficult because people were, you know, older gamers were whining about it, which is kind of stupid because at the same time, it has Diddy Kong as the main character, so it kind of feels like they're trying to target a younger audience. But they made the game harder. Yeah, I don't remember this one having as big of a splash as uh, the first one. Oh, it was actually the second best-selling game of 95. Well, that tells you what I fucking know. <laughs> now, what was the first best-selling game? Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Not Killer Instinct? Nope. But I'll be honest, I genuinely hate this game. And this was, especially at the time, this was the game that made me not like Mario games. Now, in concept, the idea of a Yoshi-centric game isn't terrible. And, but they decided on this like coloring book aesthetic for the environment. They made Yoshi just be vocalized constantly. And it's, he's annoying. And then they added Baby Mario. The annoying, shitty, screechy... <laughs> Baby Mario. I remember that, yeah. Now, okay, over time, I have gotten, you know, getting older, I have kind of laid back some of my things. I'm not a shitty teenager anymore. The coloring book aesthetic isn't that bad. It's actually kind of, it is kind of a neat, neat thing. I like the idea that it is a little bit more puzzle-oriented and exploration-oriented. That's, that's okay. But fuck is this game really fucking annoying. It is not. I, I, it is not that good. Yeah, people really, really want to raise it up really high, and it is not as good as Mario World. It is not as good as any of the previous Mario's. It's it shits. It's not even as good as any of the the uh, Game Boy Advance ones. Wow. This is. It's it's nice. It's a little more relaxed game. That's cool. But I think people just really the nostalgic nostalgic goggles are really really high on those on this one, and if if they had just taken out the baby Mario shit, I think it probably would have been a better game. And shit, even at the time and now, no one likes baby Mario. <laughs> no so one I'm brings not, it up. So that's for I'm sure. Not, so I'm not alone on this. I'm just more truthful in my <laughs> <laughs> my feelings about this. Uh, I guess my last While we're one. speaking of Mario, can I say this real quick? This new no nostalgia uh, of the 1993 movie is fucking insane. It is not a good movie. It's not even a Mario movie. It's like a different movie with Matt and Mario like pasted onto it. What are you guys doing? Okay, well here I'll I'll say this. Uh, I got to see the I went to see the Mario Brother movie with with my nieces on Easter. This will severely dated because by the time this comes out everyone will have seen the Mario film like five times <laughs> I will say this it's a kids movie that's done by Illumination that's it's fine I there's enough nostalgia fun things in there that I can enjoy it was definitely not made for me and I'm one of those people who I will sit there and go I, I will enjoy a fun ride, and it was like I said, it was fine. That being said, all the stuff that was placed there just because we need to have a reference to Mario Kart, we need to have a reference to Smash Brothers, is so poorly done that it really just feels. It really takes you know, kind of takes you out of it a bit. Oh, like, like it's why, like the way it was with Ready Player One. Yeah, well, even then. Ready Player One existed in a world where they flat tell you, this is a nostalgia-based world. So you can accept the end battle being just really, just IP being thrown at a screen <laughs> as as dumb as it can be. Why do the gorillas of the Donkey Kong country need to drive around in go-karts? <laughs> because we need to do Mario Kart later. So that's the only reason why we have these Mario these Mario Karts is because we're going to have a Mario Kart chase. Uh, why do we have to have you know why does we need to 
set up a Smash Brothers stage, well, Mario has to fight Donkey Kong. Like, things, again, it's a kid's movie, and that's why I accept things, and I don't, I'm not trying to be shitty about it, but it's like, things happen, not because there's any logistic progression, it's because they have to happen, and there's no point. (laughs) So it's like, the, the, the economy of those two, you know, like the audience score versus critic score. Yes, critically, this movie isn't that good. It's dumb. It's made by it's made by Illumination, so it's not going to have the same thing that you're going to get out of like a Pixar movie. Right. Pixar well, when Pixar was their, in their prime, I don't know what they're like now. I haven't seen any of their movies lately. Well, they still they still do at least something there. It's like, you know, they're. Illumination makes kids movies like Disney Pixar makes family movies. Ah, I got you. So you can get the parents interested too. Yeah, so there's there's actually something, some substance in these other movies that Mario doesn't get. But then again, Mario is going to make like eight million, eight million, eight billion dollars, and it's going to have every all the sequels and all that stuff. Yeah, we did. It's going to launch. That'll be the next week. I, I feel the superhero thing is really dying down. Next is going to be video game movies, but not live action video game movies. It's somehow it's going to be like. You know, the way it is with Sonic, where it's a mixture of both, or it's going to be straight-up animation, because people want video game movies that look at the fucking video game, man. Yeah, it's like, my nieces enjoyed the film, my fiancé enjoyed the film, you know, I'm not, you know, it's like, I enjoyed the film. Would I own it? No. And I think that's more of the metric that I'm concerned about, is would I buy this the second that I saw it on store shelves? No. So it's not as good a film as I would have wanted out of my Mario Brothers experience. Yeah. And again, take that as you will. <laughs> I know people who would totally, it's like, that's immediately scoop up. And I'm not going to tell you you're, you're wrong or anything like that. But finally. <laughs> Sorry, that was a big segue. That's my fault, people. No, no, no. That, I had a feeling I was going to talk about the Mario movie. Uh, my number one game of all time, which is occasionally tied with Final Fantasy VI, although sometimes it does not get knock that one down to number two, is Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. I always remember that from the commercial. It's a game that was made by a quote-unquote dream team of creators. You had Final Fantasy creator uh, Hironobu uh, Saka... Why can't I say the name? Sakaguchi. Uh, Dragon Quest creator uh, Yujo Hori and uh, Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama. Uh, working collaboration with it has the perfect blend of compelling story, amazing gameplay, outstanding music courtesy of uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, and with additional music from uh, Bob Fassi composer Nobu Uematsu. And even the graphics on this game still hold up, it is still a good looking game. And I mean, you're Chrono, you accidentally discover time travel, and you now have to bounce back and forth along with your friends through time to stop a, the world from coming to an end. And this game had 12 endings. Whoa. Based, it was based on when you actually fought the end boss. So you could, you know, say you don't complete all the stuff that you can do in the prehistoric times and you choose to fight the boss. Now, instead of being descended from the cave people, you're now descended from the dino people and you're now a lizard person. Or you know, is this okay. what Alex Jones was talking about the whole time. Now, spoiler for a thirty-year-old game. What if you don't swap Chrono out for the Chrono dummy uh, during this one of the important fights near near uh, near the end of the game? Well, now that now that uh, you've stopped the world from ending, all your characters now decide that we have to now save Chrono. It's like, yeah, your main character can die and stay dead throughout the rest of the game. It's like there's there's a new shit with new game with a new game plus. If you have everything you need, you can fight the end boss at the very beginning of the game. But you only have two characters to do it with, and if you manage to do that, you actually get like a secret ending that is all the creators talking about making the game. That's bananas. It is brilliant. It is they people have been trying to get this game remade for years and it just never 
cover ground. They did make a sequel to it, and it's trash. Oh god, Chrono Cross. It has has wonderful music, but fuck, is that game terrible? Oh, is it because it's too difficult, or just structurally terrible? Structurally terrible, uh, mechanically terrible. Storyline makes no sense. It's only the most tangentially tied to the to the first game. It's not even set in the same world. Like, if you look at the maps, they're not even the same damn maps. Why are you claiming, trying to say this is a sequel to a game when you don't even have the same fucking map? <laughs> okay, but that is it for Legacy. Okay, so over in... Now, I don't have a whole lot. You took a little bit of my stuff, man. <laughs> um, I had E3 and Bioware. and uh, I want to mention Rayman real quick because that was one of the early... Uh, I think it may have been the first PlayStation title that we ever... Uh, played. Um, my best friend's sister and her husband had bought one and brought Rayman down. I just remember being so adorable and cute. And this is when people were still obsessed with mascots. You know, we have Crash Bandicoot and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of dead now. We really don't have a whole lot of mascots from every single company. Yeah. At least cutesy mascots. But I always remember, like, he would <laughs> open his mouth, whatever, and go... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um... But this is like the year of non-stop fighting games in, in the arcades, but also like now it's getting closer and closer to release date of arcade and console. Did you? I mean, it seems like it, it was a couple years or maybe a year or whatever. Now it's almost day and date. Pretty much, yeah. And they don't look well, as good, of course, but um, go ahead, sorry. Well, like, or you'd still, you'd still get like a year delay. Like I think like Tekken and like Tekken games would be a year in the arcades and then they show up on like playstation like the next year so. yeah and then of course they don't they don't look as good but it was still like light years ahead of what we were used to and so i mean i'm gonna throw like all the big games that were out i don't have a whole lot to say about them if you do just stop me but um we have battle arena toshinden uh that was that was fun that yeah was fun. I, I remember that one being um that see that and soul caliber but Wait, Soul Calibur wasn't the first one, right? Soul Edge. I think. Soul Edge, yeah. Yeah, those kind of uh, took what Tekken was doing, more of like the technical fighting, but um, giving it more sprites. Yeah, it's like, I'll say this, of, of, between those two games mentioned, Soul Edge was better. Toshinden was fine. I mostly played on, on the PlayStation, not so much in the arcades, but yeah, uh, but um, yeah that, that one was... It, that I, Yeah, that's a name I hadn't heard in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3, I feel like this is peak Mortal Kombat right here. Uh, this is when we're all crazy about like all the new characters they're introducing and all their powers. We're all still hanging out the the bowling alley in the video store that had like a little area with arcade games. And then I well, feel like it's kind of... Which is weird because the wonder, movie comes out this year. I, well, I wonder. It's uh, with, with Mortal Kombat 3... I saw the film in the, the more comic film in theaters, and they had like the little uh, icons and stuff. I wonder how many. I genuinely tried to remember them and input them in on the game to see if we actually unlocked anything. I don't think they actually ever did. Yeah. Well, I do. You remember like Mortal Kombat? Uh, what's the second one called? Annihilation, I think. Oh. Yeah. That's the one where they decided to stuff in like every single character possible. And it was already a mess of a movie anyway, and that they never actually finished. But you're like, oh god, this is a lot of cameos. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh god. Do you think That's... the first Mortal Kombat holds up or it's it's just like one of these things, well, it's of its moment? I no, I do think it holds up. I do think it's still one of the better video game movies, but it's basically because it's just kickboxer. You yeah. know, they they, they took the bare-bones story that is Mortal Kombat and made a bare-bones Mortal Kombat movie where people are on an island fighting. Well, I mean, if you want to go all the way back, that started with Enter the Dragon because that story was taken and put in basically in Bloodsport, you know, and so every movie was kind of a, a, a repeat of whatever Enter the Dragon had going on. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, but, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. It, they, they took, like, as opposed to Street Fighter, which was its own bizarre just off the rails whatever the fuck it was Mortal Kombat at least tried to the first one anyway tried to be nothing really all that much greater it's like do the C, does the CG hold up no but uh, it at least maintained that second film though god <laughs> my friends and I almost walked out of it we did 
stay stay through it, but we laughed at everybody in line because we had just sat through it and went, wow, you people, you're stupid for waiting for this film. Yeah, we went, I remember we went like the second week or whatever, and we're just like, oh, God, just end this already, please. Yeah, well, it's peak Mortal Kombat is Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which was just basically everything thrown in. Well, I don't mean... Well, I'm talking popularity-wise. I feel like 95 is peak popularity. Well, yeah. Well, that's just, it's like, yeah, that, at that point, it's... That's as best as that game was ever going to be received. Yeah. Truly. Um, Street Fighter Alpha? I don't remember this iteration. I don't like Alpha 1. Alpha, uh, Alpha 2, which is next year, is, is the one that I think is... Honestly, really, the pinnacle of, of all Street Fighters. What it, what uh, what's the difference in this one? Uh, this was a little bit more manga influenced. Uh, you had like special like the it's like uh, super special attacks and stuff, and it was quote unquote the prequel. Okay, so okay. You, so you had a little bit. They actually did have a story that really flowed through it. So it was kind of a Ryu versus Sagat game even though you had all these other characters running around in it all right so we have tekken 2 uh finally looking a little bit better so the first tekken to me looks a hell of a lot like virtual fighter and it's blockiness i feel like tekken 2 they really smoothed out a lot of the graphics and added more sprites to it It it's a little more animated yeah and i think that's kind of where tekken found itself because it even then tekken was I don't want to say self-serious, but it was a lot more self-serious yeah, yeah. than two. Two started started kind of getting a little bit more goofy, and then you know when Tekken Three rolls around, you got all kinds of crazy shit happening in that one. Um, King of Fighters ninety five. King of Fighters has its following, and just like most Neo Geo franchises, they have this cult following. It's so devoted to it, but you really don't hear a lot about King of Fighters, and they're pretty damn good games. Yeah, I, I know we've we've talked about them a bit. Where it's like, what the most recent one was like a twenty twenty one, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's still going strong. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. its following, they can't spend a lot of money on developing a new engine or anything like that because they're never going to have enough people buying it. But still, it's it's still going. Yeah, it's it's a franchise that I think I was. Oh God, what was it? I think it was more of Art of Fighting than than the King of Fighters franchise, but. You know, same difference, really. Yeah, God, there's so fucking many fighting games. I've been going through, like, there was probably 50 fighting games this year. Yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> um, not much else. Uh, Arcade-wise, Time Crisis debuts, which is still, like, it's got a strong fan following. I'm trying to remember, is this the first uh, arcade first-person shooter that had a pedal that you could, like... You, you had additional things besides just the gun. I feel like there's a pedal you could step on and turn to the side. Yeah, I think this was the first one that did that because, to my to my recollection, you had uh, all your other ones at this point really were just like the 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 gun was just mounted to the thing. So you had like the T two game, you know, yeah. The, well, you had Operation Wolf and whatnot. yeah. This one had the cord. I feel like there was a few like there was a six shooter game where it was on a, a really thick chain cord thing. Oh, it might have, it might have, like, maybe Bad Dog the Cree or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this felt like it was a step in, like, okay, we, we were kind of exhausted. How do we separate ourselves from the other first-person shooters in the arcade? And that seemed like a thing that they would do for a while. They would add new, even if it was just on the gun itself, they'd be like, oh, this one's a rocket launcher button, you know, that kind of thing. I'm checking, I'm checking one thing out just in case. You know what? Lethal Enforcers probably did it. Oh, uh, okay. No, you're right. You're right. That sucks on the arcade or the home version, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like I'm sitting there trying. You know, it's going like, hold on. Well, there was Lethal Enforcers. When did that come out in relation to this? I want to say it was the year before. Yeah, this was '93. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't know if it had the pedal, but at least it did have the. The loose gun. Right, that, right. that was definitely the thing. The uh, the PlayStation debuts, of course, and it becomes known for 
the console that had lots of games where you could play with your friends, like competition games, like X Games and stuff like that. Demolition Derby was a big, or Destruction Derby was a big one. But I think the one franchise that really like, oh, you got to get this system was uh, uh, Twisted Metal. Oh God, yeah. There's, I did not. I will be honest. I did not look up the launch titles or anything like that. Not because I remember them perfectly well, but. God, I, I really should have because there's so much I would have talked about. But yeah, demolition, demolition derby, uh, Warhawk. It's like I had a, uh, I didn't have it when it first. Oh, Ridge Racer, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I had not the first run, but like maybe the year after. Uh, thing that came with a demo disc that came with all sorts of games. So I had I played demos for things like. Uh, Jumping Flash, which I think is amazing, uh, even though I never owned it. God, I have a list here, but it is clearly the Japanese list because we didn't get any of these fucking games here. They're very, very particular. These are, this is in January. Yeah, we didn't get these games. Um, most of them, I mean, we got Battle Arena to Shinden and stuff like that, but I'm trying to find in America. And I can't seem to find even in Wikipedia. Come on, come on, behind. you you, oh, you no, stall I've, while I look. <laughs> well, well, I've got I've got a list. Oh, okay. Those. I've got A through L right now. Whoa! But it's like ESPN games. Like oh I, I, yeah, I we played not... the shit out of ESPN games. I don't remember the Pocket Station at all. Do you remember the console that it had? Like the fact that you could play CDs was a bonus, and that it had those memory uh, cards. Oh yeah, yeah. The memory cards. Uh, actually, one of the best things that you could do was, if you uh, depending on the game, and Ridge Racer was one of them, you could once the game actually loaded, you could open the console out and swap out the game. Right, right. The, uh, music CD. I forgot about that. Yeah, because you could you could play Ridge Racer or whatever, but with your CDs. I remember uh, my best friend playing Duhast, Duhast me <laughs> a lot to Ridge Racer. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Ace, like it was Ace Combat or Air Combat. I can't remember which one was one of the things. I'm going down the list right now, so I'm trying to. But go ahead and throw out throw out some of the games, and hopefully. Yeah, you've already mentioned there's Rayman, there's Ridge Racer, uh, NBA Jam. That was a big deal. The tournament edition, we love that. In uh, and then the ESPN Extreme Sports, which we played all the time. Uh, I don't remember Power Serve 3D Tennis at all. No, that I, sports game I didn't play yeah. that one. Uh, Air Combat, Battle Arena, Toshinden, um, the Raiden Project, which was uh, a combination of two Raiden games. Yeah, right. Those which looked phenomenal on that. Oh, on I don't that remember console. some of these at all. Like Total Eclipse Turbo, and oh, Street Fighter the movie, the game. <laughs> God damn. One of those mocap games. Yeah, that basically Street Fighter the movie, the game was what. They wanted the original Mortal Kombat to be. Yeah, because didn't they go to uh, Van Damme first, and then he turned it down, but then took like an eight million dollar payday for Street Fighter. Pretty much, yeah. Wipeout. That was another one we played a lot. Yeah, Wipeout is phenomenal. That okay? Uh, movie, movie people. If you don't know what Wipeout is, in Hackers, uh, that is the game that they're playing in that uh, hacker den. That they're playing on the giant screen. Oh, spaceship, okay. Spaceship yeah. racing game. Did you know there's a Hackers 2, by the way? I did not. It's sort of. Oh. Uh, MGM didn't keep the license for the sequel or whatever, and Dimension Pictures bought it. and They they made a movie called Takedown, which is about like one of the biggest hacker takedowns by the FBI ever, and uh, they slapped Hackers 2 on the front of it for a year and then <laughs> sold it... <laughs> Sold it internationally as Hackers 2, but then in America, they sat on the shelf for, I think, another five years, and then was just sent straight to video as take, the takedown. Oh, I just noticed one thing that, that came out, and I didn't realize it was on PlayStation, but a game called Cyberspeed. I had that on PC. Yeah. It's a uh, racing game, kind of like uh, a cross between, uh, like, say, Rad Racer, like all those old, old things, and, and Wipeout, because you would drive around these tracks shooting other uh, cars and stuff in this little post-apocalyptic future racing game. It's not good, but God, do I have memories, especially of that soundtrack. The uh, opening theme I loved, which is like a little 
wonky techno song. Yeah. I, I remember, 95 is such an interesting year, too, because all of a sudden all the video shelves and movie theaters were filled with movies that had cyber or, like, you know, uh, virtual and stuff like that. And, you know, you had Giant Demonic, you had um, Virtuosity, The Net, uh, Hackers. I feel like there's another one in there. Uh, but, you know, this is that whole, like, post- uh, lawnmower man effect where all of a sudden it's like oh people like a CGI virtual stuff you know yeah the, the we don't understand computers so they're just fucking magic yeah <laughs> alright so we are at the hour point anything else you want to say before we go oh god I can't wait till we get into like 96 because uh, there's that's kind of where things pick up again in all honesty, I said just if anything, I could spend a long time just talking, you know, seeing the praises of Street Fighter Alpha Two. If anything, okay. All right, everybody, you know where to find us. That is it, and have a good day. Whatever. See ya.